When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me today is a very special guest, one of our behind-the-scenes members uh, here at the Fumbling 4 Network, none other than Wolfslore! Hello, hello! Thanks for having me. I'm sad under the circumstances you're having Yeah, me, yeah. Thank um, you all the same. The update on Ariel, she's, she's doing better. Um, once again, she wanted me to reiterate... Thank you to all our fans that have been absolutely patient these last couple of weeks. Um, we didn't want to come out public right away. Um, we did have some issues with computers and things like that in the beginning, and then it started to become medical issues. Um, but she is doing better now. She's on the up and up, um, but she's still having some issues from her previous medical condition. So we've asked Wolf to come in and fill in because he's always ready to jump into some Legend of Zelda talk. <laughs> um but hopefully we'll have her back soon because we all miss her and we all wish the best for her. So all that being said, let's get some to happy talk. <laughs> We're going to be talking today items in Minish Cap. Now this goes for items, weapons, the whole lot, everything that goes into your little goodie bag in Minish Cap. We're going to be talking about today. And I'm pretty excited about this because we get to this is the first time canonically that we get certain items introduced to the series. Uh, one of them, which uh, branches off to one of my favorite Legend of Zelda games <laughs> of all time. Yes. So why don't we jump right into that one? <clears throat> so we're going to go through our swords real quick. And the first one is the Smith Sword. Now, the Smith Sword is the very first sword you get in the game, and it's honestly nothing special. It's a sword that your grandfather crafted to have you take it to the Minish Ceremony and then it ends up being given to you to use as your first weapon. So it's nothing crazy special. You have to then go and craft a new blade, which is the introduction of the White Sword. Now, the White Sword is the reforged Pokori Blade. And like I said before, it replaces the Smith Sword. Now, the special thing about this sword is it grows in power as it's infused with each element. And the name on the item screen will also change to reflect the current state it's in. So the cool thing about this, other than the changing colors and the changing everything, is each time you infuse it, the, the charged spin attack gets more powerful. And 
you're able to make more copies of yourself. Now, this is what Wolf was talking about, because eventually after we get all four elements, because we go through three stages aside from the white sword, we go through the white sword, two elements, white sword, three elements, and then we finally come to the legendary four sword. And in this state, you get four links. And we don't really get to play with this much in this game, which is kind of let down. But I understand why. Because we move to adventures. (laughs) As I say, later we move back into it and we get to play more with the four sword. But it is a pretty cool blade. And all in all, I mean, it is up there with my top favorites. Because of its powers. What's your favorite sword, good sir? If you oh. had to choose one, are you gonna be? Are you gonna say the master sword is so cool? No, I'm gonna say the Omni Blade okay. from from the Fierce Deity. Yes, because I can yeah. shoot magical discs that mess people up. <laughs> I can I, I can respect that. Mm. I would say Four Sword is definitely my second favorite compared to that because it is it is pretty powerful, and I think later on me and Arrow have talked about putting the blades up against each other. And seeing which one truly comes on top. So that may be something we visit later. <laughs> Wolf's already given me the uh, nod of approval and the I want to be there when that happens. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. I, I will argue the four sword all day. And uh, I love I love my little links. Oh, goodness. So we're going to move on from the four sword and we're going to go to one that some fans may kind of remember from the first game we talked about but it's got a different name in this and has some different abilities so this is the gust jar and if you remember we had a jar similar to this in skyward sword wolf do you remember the name I don't actually. <gasps> it's been for. I haven't played Skyward Sword since uh, it came out, but you played through it this year, didn't you? I did. I replayed through it again. Yes. Uh, it is the Gus Bellows. Okay. And so the difference between it and this is that the Gus Jar is used for the sole purpose of navigation. So when you're in Minish Size, you can use it to jump you know, onto lilies and use it to shoot bursts of wind to bring, you know, to send lilies going across and it's, it's used for travel. And it is also still kind of used as a weapon. It's really utilized more against airbase enemies like Lakitas and the P hats and, you know, other airbase enemies like that. You know what, um, uh... Sure, you can use the gust jar and all that, but where's the king of red lions when you need him? <laughs> so, it's really useful when you fight the the big choo-choos as well because you can you know, you use it to defeat the enemies. There, you know, you blow out certain pieces of them and make them smaller, make them, you know, lighter weight and they kind of topple over. It's it's whole purpose in this is a little bit deviated from the original purpose which was essentially a fancy pants vacuum cleaner (laughs) but we still get our lovely lovely little gust jar or the gust bellows so that is our gust jar we're going to move on to the boomerang now 
We're not going to focus too much on the boomerang because it's a pretty staple item to the Legend of Zelda series, but we are going to talk about the magical boomerang. So this is canonically the first introduction in the series of the magical boomerang. And the way it varies from the regular boomerang is that when utilized, it extends the entire distance of the screen and its direction of travel can be changed mid-flight. It also can take down enemies that would be normally stunned by a boomerang. So it's really just a more powerful version of the boomerang. However, we are going to talk about it in different games as and when it comes up again, because it does have a change of utilization in other games. But I mean, with this one, especially how how cool was it to be like, yo, I can trick shot this enemy now <laughs> Throw it one way, spin it around the screen. and pop. <laughs> It was great. You can get a oh, couple absolutely. combos on this one. So we're also not going to focus too much on the small shield other than I thought it was pretty cool that it was an item that was awarded to you via a little carnival game. And you think about it, it was just a little trinket. And that was it. <laughs> little trinket that finally became useful when you became Minish. So I thought that was funny. It was a nice little nod. So the next one we're going to talk about is the mirror shield. <clears throat> now, the mirror shield has appeared in multiple different Legend of Zelda games. But again, this is the first one canonically that it appears in. And you get this one when you find the bigger on and let him eat the small shield that you have. If you come back later, he'll give you the mirror shield as, you know, basically, and I'm sorry. So essentially, this shield is a shield that can reflect attacks back at the original, you know, caster. That's pretty much all the mirror shield ever is in the entire Legend of Zelda series. But it does change appearances as and when it comes up, which is also pretty cool. And the next we have the mole mitts. Now, they don't vary much differently from what we had originally in Skyward Sword. They pretty much do the same thing. And it allows you to dig through sand and clouds in this one. That's pretty much it. You can find different rupees, kingstone pieces. You know, there's a bunch of stuff you can find. And that's pretty much it. They took the little, you know, exploration of having to go through underground caverns and stuff away from this. So you have to think that we aren't getting the little mini game and stuff in this because it's released much, much later. Skyward Sword was a much later release than Minish Cap. So, yeah, <laughs> you're not getting the fun dig under the ground games. So next up, we have the. Flame Lantern, and a lot of people of the Legend of, you know, a lot of fans of the Legend of Zelda series are going to recognize this right off the bat because it was in our very first Legend of Zelda game that we all fell in love with for the NES, and it made a couple returns later. It follows the same kind of guidelines in this, except it's more utilized to light darkness in here than it would be in the original games. In addition to that, you can also use it against enemies. Yeah, so specifically, they can be used, um, I believe it is in um, the Royal Crypt in the Palace of Wind. You have uh, Gibdos that appear, which are basically, for people who don't know, they're the mummies. They're mm -hmm. real wrapped up. 
Uh, you can light them on fire, you burn it away, and they turn into blue stalfos, which are skeletons with blades. Super. So when you're all like, I'm not feeling like a challenge, you can just beat them down as skeletons, which is nice. <laughs> How many times do you get to uh, debuff an enemy, basically? Right? Especially in the Legend of Zelda series. So in addition to that, you can also use it to basically torch grass and spider webs. So it's got some pretty basic usages. You know, there's other enemies that'll instant kill like whiz robes. You can use it on and they'll instant kill. Um, you know, other enemies will just take damage, moderate, you know, amount of damage. It hasn't changed much throughout the years, which I can appreciate. Uh, the next notable item here to talk about is the Pegasus boots. So you get the Pegasus boots after helping Rem and his Minish helpers in creating them. So they make these and they go, here you go. <laughs> well, um, after, so Rem is narcoleptic and he like he keeps falling asleep while yeah. he's trying to make these shoes. And it's so good. I, I love it. It's so great. Such a great thing. Uh, we are going to make an episode about talking about background characters or side characters as well. But anyway, so these essentially are used to knock masks off walls you run through grass at high speeds knock some trees down you know it's utilized to give you a faster better dash attack essentially now that varies from the other games that we've seen it in where it's more of like a you know what no we'll wait to talk about it <laughs> We all know I'm super excited to talk about Ocarina Time. <laughs> oh, man. So our next item is none other than Rock's Cape. Now, Rock's Cape is utilized as kind of like a additional jump or a longer jumping device. That's pretty much all it is. You get more airtime when you jump, when you use Rock's Cape. But I was going to say, there's a lot of items like that, especially that are very much. Mm -hmm. th this is the one use and they aren't used a ton. I'm sure we'll yep. get to those like the power bracelets and the flippers. Yeah, yep. they're not used a whole lot. And this is the this is the start of those. But it is useful to get to those items that were hard to reach or impossible to reach earlier in game. So it is a useful item. You can jump longer distances and, you know, but we get these kind of items throughout the Legend of Zelda series. It always just it just changes. This was Rock's Cape. You know, another game we'll get, you know, we'll get all kinds of things. So the next thing on our list is none other than the Ocarina of Wind. Now, the Ocarina of Wind is you obtain it, of course, at the Fortress of Winds after defeating Mazal. When you play it, you can call Zepha to travel to any Windcrest you found. So this is similar to in other games, uh, Majora's Mask, where you can utilize a song to travel to and from different save points or, you know, statues. It's essentially Legend of Zelda Minish Cap's version of the fast travel. <laughs> and that's pretty much all it's used for. However, I do have an interesting little ditty here. The tune played on this Ocarina of Wind is the same one as played on the flute 
in The Legend of Zelda. Original. Isn't it also the same uh, tune from uh, Link to the Past? I believe so, yes. Because I think those two share the same tune, but it's been a long while since. So the next item we're going to talk about is the Bow of Light. Now... We could talk about the bow again. It's just it's a staple item. It's throughout the series. It's the same thing. It's the bow and arrow. Nothing crazy about it. However, this is the first time canonically that we get the bow of light as well. And the bow of light, along with the light arrows, is obtained by fusing kinstones with Strato, the man who lives in a uh, house in the western Hyrule town. Basically, when you do this, it'll open a portal to the South Hyrule Field that leads to um, the Cloud Tops, the home of the Wind Tribe. And you can use the Gust Jar here to do, you know, do some crazy things and this and that. And eventually you get to the Bow of Light. (laughs) The thing with this is. If you don't do it, if you don't save Gregel before the cloud tops are reached via veil falls he will have passed away and the bow of light is unobtainable so this is this is an item that is truly optional in the series and can be easily missed so the incredible thing about this is holding an arrow with the bow of light will charge up a light arrow and will do a substantial amount of damage if you don't charge it up it'll just shoot a normal arrow. So essentially it's just our overpowered version of the bow in this game, which again will change as the series evolves and progresses through different games. So that's all the items I have to talk about. And those are our main heavy hitters. So I think this is the perfect time for a mid break. And when we come back, Wolf's got some additional items for us. Don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> Not going to be as eloquently put as Mr. Crit here, but you know, uh, I'll, I'll put on my uh, grip bracelets and we'll see if we can hold on to this. We got this. All right, let's cut to a mid break. Yeah. Right. So here we are in the middle of the episode. And the first thing we have to do, Wolf, as usual, is thank our patrons. We have one. We have a patron. <laughs> so what? Are they your hero of time? They are my Sheikah. Oh. So we have to thank Relic 2 Rebman. Uh, and I, I love it. I love it. It's number two killer backwards. <laughs> oh, that's that's real good. I like that. It's great. Uh, they are our Sheikah patron. And I have to give a very special thank you because not only they are Sheikah patron, but they're our very first patron and it's they're fantastic. I love them. Talked to them a few times. They're great. Beautiful person <laughs> out there. Yeah. All of you listeners are beautiful, too. So, of course. Yes, because that is something I always have to mention because I always want to make it a point to let our listeners know you are just as awesome and amazing because without you, the show would not be possible. And it wouldn't be worth doing, quite honestly. I mean, if there's nobody to listen, why talk? <laughs> it's nice to know that we bring joy to people's days, and that's why we do this podcast. 
Yeah, I was going to say take two minutes, hop into the Discord, chat with us. Just let us know what you mm. think about it, constructive criticism. If you don't have to sign up to the patron, if you do, that's great. It helps all of us out. You know, you get some cool perks. And even if you can't, tell a friend about it. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I'm sure you have some nerdy friends. Legend of Zelda is a classic. <laughs> Just let them know. Let's let's continue to learn together and let's all geek out over one of the most beloved franchises out there. Oh my gosh, yes. Such a long-lasting franchise, too. Oh, absolutely. So, with all that being said, and our thank yous nicely placed at the beginning, let's talk some merch. I know you brought us some merch, Wolf. Oh my god, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, I want to talk specifically about a site. It's called uh, firstfourfigures.com. First, the number four figures.com. They do all sorts of really cool, nerdy, collectible, like handmade statues. Most of them are pre orders from video games, from um, anime, everywhere. But right now they have ones going on that are handcrafted 10 inch uh, PVC statues of um, Link from Breath of the Wild and uh, Princess Zelda from Breath of the Wild. The Link uh, has actual like um, um, light up functions to it. So the Sheikah Slate glows. The uh, the ancient arrow he's wielding and the base uh, glows all of it. It's really cool. It's handcrafted. They're beautiful. They have a bunch of other Legend of Zelda merch as well. Uh, they right now have a adult Midna statue, which is up for pre-orders. They have a Ganon one that's coming if you want it. I got a Majora's Mask lamp from them, which is really freaking cool. So... That's one of those things. If you want high quality statues and kind of uh, merch from them, go check it out. First, the number four figures.com. Not a sponsor, but I love them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So on that note, I also brought some merch item. Mine, mine is Wolf. I have to ask you a question. Have you ever just lounged in your house playing some Legend of Zelda and you realize your feet are cold? All the time. All the time. And you're just you, like, Are ah. you telling me that you found a solution? For I found I feet? found a solution. Absolutely. So, at GameStop right now, you can get Legend of Zelda Crest Sherpa lined moccasins. And they are awesome. <laughs> You know, honestly, I was really hoping you were going to say they were uh, Pegasus boots, but (laughs) you know what? I'll take some Sherpa lined moccasins. Let's go. (laughs) So these are a uh, like a royal blue with gray Sherpa lining. And at the very tip of the toe is none other than our beloved Hillian shield with, of course, the royal family crest. And they are great looking. I actually got a chance to look at these in store. Uh, I got a buddy who works at GameStop here locally, and he's like, hey, dude, you got to come check this out. I got to I got to show you these. So I got to see them as soon as they hit. They're great. They're awesome. I didn't pick up a set for myself because I, you know, Father's Day is coming up soon. So I'm just going to let Ariel do that. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yes. The, uh, 
editor know exactly what you want. (laughs) (laughs) But these things are awesome. Uh, You can only get them exclusively at GameStop. And the price, not too bad. 20 bucks. And I actually got a chance to talk to a couple people who have purchased these. And normally with the slippers you would get from GameStop, they aren't that great quality and they kind of lose comfort after time. One gentleman's actually had these for a while now. Um, and he's he's he said that it hasn't lost any comfort. In fact, it's gotten more comfortable the more he wore, wore them. So if it's something you're worried about, like, I don't want to spend 20 bucks on some moccasins that are going to wear out in like two days. Rest assured, they should be fine. I did go through the hassle of figuring out for you. But if you want to order these, you can head over to GameStop.com and check them out. Uh, Of course, the link, as always, will be in the show notes for you. So on another note, we were talking sponsors. We actually have one for this podcast. What? (gasps) Wolf, do you know who they are? Uh, I I don't know, but I I do know that I have another problem, man. I've I've been chilling out and around, and I'm just like, (laughs) God, why can't I, in fact relive my fantasies from ocarina of time and get an ocarina of myself good news you can <laughs> i said of myself i meant of for myself, myself. <laughs> oh my goodness so you can actually and our lovely sponsors over at stl ocarina give you the opportunity to do this with a discount so you get a 10% off discount if you use our code at checkout, which is L-O-Z-Lore 10. L-O-Z-Lore 10. You get 10% off. I actually purchased one for Ariel. She absolutely loves it. I occasionally hear her playing it through our lovely giant downstairs from upstairs. I'll have to come down and she'll be she'll be tooting around on it. And the, oh, the great, it's great quality. They're just awesome. I can't talk them up enough. They are great. I know when people hear, oh, this, they're sponsored. They get paid to say this. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They're a wonderful company. The customer service is top tier. We ordered ours and they're still reaching out to us going, you still like it? Is it still good? They're fantastic. They're lovely. It was one of the best geek companies I have ever had the pleasure of dealing with and their product is top tier. So honestly, go check them out. If you've been playing with the idea of picking up an ocarina and living your childhood fantasies of playing your favorite songs on an ocarina, go for it. It's lovely and the prices are great. I mean, you can get a really good ocarina for like 60 bucks. You can't beat that and you get 10% off. Holy cow. I love your reaction, Wolf. <laughs> and once again, where, where, if I want to get this ocarina, where do I go? Of course, sir. You can go down in the link in the show notes or you can go to stlocarina.com. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> So with all of that, say what? Go ahead. I was, I was about to say, well, I'm I'm going to use my my flute to uh, head on over that way so I can uh, upgrade to the Ocarina of Wind. Oh, my gosh. So 
with all that being said, I think it's time we cut to the end of the episode. So here we are at the end of the episode. I know. I don't want to be here either. But we must. Wolf, what items do you have to talk about today? Oh, my God. So earlier we mentioned there are a bunch of one use, pretty, pretty one note items to get through it. Um, we're going to start with uh, the grip ring you get on Mount Krennel. Um, so there's a business scrub there. That's one of these Dekus that keep appearing throughout the series. You knock him out and then they sell you items afterwards. He gives you uh, the grip ring and it, it, you use it to climb up the Krennel wall. Pretty much the only reason is for shortcuts. Later you use it at Vale Falls, but I mean, other than that, it doesn't really do anything. It's a one trick um, pony. It, it really is. And a lot of these items are going to be. There's the flippers that you pretty much use in the uh, library are for the book quest. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows you pretty much to swim in water and get some rupees as well. Really self-explanatory. They're flippers. They allow you to swim. Yeah, yeah it's pretty much a staple item throughout the series whenever you get flippers. Um, there's the power bracelets. Um, you end up uh, getting these from getting the three missing books from the library and it allows Minish Link to uh, get buff and he lifts heavier <laughs> items now. He can just whoop out of his way. Um, there are a bunch of staple items. You have the wallets, which are upgradable. You have the bomb mm-hmm. bags, which are upgradable. The quivers, all of that. Really, you know, standard stuff for any Legend of Zelda game. You got uh, the bottle which is cool. There are four of them. You only need one, but you can have four. They do stuff. (laughs) They they hold stuff. They do stuff too. They do stuff when they're full of things. (laughs) Um, They hold all sorts of items. We could go through them all, but yeah, it's man. If you're a Legend of Zelda fan, you're listening to this podcast. You already know what the bottles hold. (laughs) Um, you have your bomb. You have your standard boomerang. But speaking of bomb, you also have your remote bomb, which mm-hmm. uh, you fuse the uh, kinstones with the Gentari and Minish Village. Uh, after you uh, you leave there, uh, when the um, he returns, he gives you the remote bomb. So basically, um, you can place them, walk away, remote detonate them. You don't need to sit and wait or time your bombs to go off anymore it goes off when you want them to (laughs) I feel like that's a sales pitch for them absolutely Um, the only negative though as opposed to the regular bombs only one can be planted at a time but I feel like a lot of the multiple planting bombs is so you can kind of uh figure out your flubs. I know I do that on occasion where it's like <laughs> this timing might or might not be off. Let's get a few of them in there just to make sure. Yeah. But remote bombs, man. <laughs> They're real nice. Um, you got the cave of Bachi, which is one of the weirder names in Legend of Zelda because anyway, <laughs> I could rant about Pachi. Um, but it's found in the Cave of Flames, which if people mm-hmm. don't know, second dungeon. 
Um, it uses you use it to flip items. You hook the uh, cane on it, and it flips it. So mine carts in the Cave of Flames, for example. Um, there's some holes in the ground. Um, that you use to like energy beam yourself up to um, higher platforms. I don't fully know like the physics of it, but it's cool. But it's cool. That's all that I matters. Mean, yeah. Um, it's also used on some enemies and bosses. Mm-hmm. Do you have any specifics for that? Um, it has been a while. I won't lie to you. It's been a while since I've played Minish Cap. I cannot remember. I know it's used to defeat the Glee Rocks. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. I know it's used to defeat the Glee Rock in the Cave of Flames and is also utilized to flip spike beetles and it can also be used as an alternative to the shield so this item though it's not a one trick pony it does very little to change and influence the game Um, it is essential to feed to defeating the glee rock but other than that I mean at that point it becomes an item which you could use if you want Right. On on the occasion, like any Mm -hmm. of these other items I mentioned, and that's a lot of why I'm not spending a lot of time on them. It's all like they they have their occasional use. Oh, you can get some extra rupees here, there or short, quick shortcuts. Yeah. So with the cane, there is one more added effect that you can do. It's not again, it's not terribly special, but you can flip jars, platforms and minecarts. Yeah. And some bad guys. The minecarts, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's other than the minecarts you mentioned, you can flip. It's it's not crazy special. It's it's cool. <laughs> it's cooler when it appears later on in the series. Um, then there are a bunch of like quest items. If you want me to go over those, there's the elements you collect for the four swords. So earth, fire, water, mm-hmm. wind. Um, there's, uh, the jabber nut you find in the Minish village that allows him to understand the language. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, um, after you enter uh, Malone and Talon's house, you, uh, break, destroy their property and you get the Lon Lon Ranch spare key. Um, there's the wake up mushroom to, uh, help Rem's narcolepsy so he can mm-hmm. give you the Pegasus boots. Yep. Uh, there's the, uh, graveyard key, mm-hmm. which, uh, Dompe gives you, um, however, the moment you're all like, thank you, and leave, it gets stolen from you, and you gotta go and kill, um, the bird, whatever its name is, I don't actually remember, but then you enter the graveyard, which is all good, there's, uh, dog food you get, Uh, there's a bunch of figurines you collect Uh, 136 to be exact there there are 136 figures so many (laughs) there's the Karlov medal which is given from getting all (laughs) freaking uh, figurines (laughs) Uh, but but it unlocks the house with the robot in it and the robot is cool Yes. Uh, there's the one that gives me tingles, which is the tingle trophy. Uh, hearts for tingle. Oh, I love tingles. Tingle is the greatest. 
Uh, absolutely. Uh, you get uh, those by uh, the through the uh, stone fusions, which are something. I, I there's something. <laughs> do Do you want to go into detail about the kinstone fusions? So, I won't go into terrible detail, but what I will say, which is really cool about the element with this, is. In Skyward Sword, every time you would help somebody, you would get, you know, happiness crystals. You know, there's an actual name for them, but that's essentially what they were. Happiness crystals. In this, your keystones are what brings happiness to the world. Fusing a keystone is supposed to make the wielders the happiest people in the world. So... I do want to throw out there, do you remember the name of the guy who gives you who teaches you this um, his name his name is the hurdy gurdy man that's right hurdy gurdy <laughs> the hurdy gurdy man how could i the ever wonderful forget man that, that plays the instrument known as the hurdy gurdy which is so yes fun to say. yes so but, uh after you're taught i mean essentially you just run around and you just Try to find keystones that will link up with the keystones you get. You get a different kinds of keystones in different shapes. I mean, there's like these weird crescent shapes. There's these crescents with like a almost like a triangle notched out of them. Crescents with like a square notched out of them. You get, a, I like to call it the E shape. <laughs> it looks like a circle E. You get different shapes and you try to match them up. You know, that's pretty much all there is to it. The more you match up, the better you get different items. You know, sometimes you'll get heart pieces. Sometimes you'll get rupees. Other times you'll get things like accesses to areas that you couldn't normally access before. It's a it's a mini game within the game, essentially, as we know the Legend of Zelda trope usually is. There's always some sort of mini game or multiple mini games. All I'm going to say my comment about it is there's a reason it's only shown up in this game and we never <laughs> got it repeated later. Yes. It was a very taxing and tedious thing to do. Just like collecting 136 trophies. That was very taxing. So the last big one, I guess, is the Tiger Scrolls, which you collect throughout the thing. They teach you a lot of the new uh, sword techniques. So as you mm -hmm. go through, you, you meet different swordsmen and they teach you new skills, which is always cool. You gain more powerful and you get to see that uh, translated through. I love that. Um, can we talk about like the normal collectibles? You get the coolest basic collectibles. You, you get rupees, which are money. <laughs> you get pieces of heart, which make heart containers, which increase <laughs> your life, which you can also find heart containers. <gasps> More health. What? <laughs> what? Oh, my nah, gosh. There's you, you've got a lot of the standard items, you know, boss keys and smaller keys and the mm -hmm. compass and the dungeon maps, you know, the staples for any Legend of Zelda game. So there is something here I want to mention that I thought was really cool when looking up the Tiger Scrolls. In different languages, there are different things that they're called. So in French, and I'm not going to try to pronounce these. I am not going to butcher somebody else's language. <laughs> the French translation to English is the fencing handbook, which I thought Heck was yeah. cool. 
The German translation is Scrolls of the Swordsmanship. The Italian is the Nails of the Tiger. And Spanish is Tiger Scrolls. So I I honestly am a fan of the uh, French translation of Fencing Handbook. Me too. I actually <laughs> did not know that. That's super interesting. So, yeah. And the thing is, is that as and when I try to find these things in research, I will try to pinpoint really yeah. cool translations because a lot of, uh, you know, like you and I, we've played English and American versions of these games. We didn't get to see all these cool translations, nor do I speak any other language to play these games in different countries. <laughs> I have. Yeah, it's true. I have only played the North America versions, but. Um, it's interesting. It's always interesting to see how things are translated differently. Mm. Um also, I do want to mention there is one more kind of collectible in there. There's a bakery in the town and you can get uh, croissants from them. I believe brioche buns, slice of cakes and pie. You can get a slice yes. of pie and sometimes you get uh, the kinship kinship stones from them. But you get baked goods and that's really sweet. I always like food and video games. <laughs> so the last one is something I wanted to talk about, which is a item that appears multiple times in the series, the mysterious shells. You're a mysterious shell. <laughs> I am. No, these so tell shells. Tell me about these mysterious shells. Please unmystify them for me. So the there's not really much known about them, except for in this game, Link can carry 999 of them. So you will take them to Karlov, who then, by appearance, eats them. I don't know what he does with them. <laughs> you can only assume he eats them or crushes them into making these statues. You see, I you see, my assumption was he already had these figurines and he was getting rid of those for a seashell collection. Uh, <laughs> see, I like that theory better because he doesn't yeah. actually eat them. It just disappears. <laughs> He yeah, handed it over and like, it's gone. I'm, taking the, I'm putting this on the wall, but you can have this figure in now, please. <laughs> he just wants the mysterious shells. So yeah, you can trade them in. You can carry 999 of them at one time. And Stockwell will actually begin selling these mysterious shells uh, later on in the game. He'll sell 30 shells for 200 rupees, which not a bad changeover if this is the last thing you have to do to you know 100% your game. You can just sit there all day and buy them. And right. there's another thing. Uh, you can get the green Picolite, which will increase Lynx's chance of finding the mysterious shells as well. So that's really their only purpose in this game. They do come up in other games. <clears throat> no, let me rephrase that. They do come up in another game later on in the series, and they have a, shall we say, more useful kind of stylings. Uh, but that is a game we will talk about at some point in the distant future, Link's Awakening. The I am currently playing through, as we speak, actually, uh, the remake, which is actually ended up really good. I have gotten to the final area, and I don't want to beat it. I do Ooh, not want to beat it. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's pretty much our staple items for this game. So we're at the end. We're at the end of the Minish Cap um, over arc story. You know, we've gone through all the big details. 
to say we're done with the Minish Cap would be like saying we're done with Skyward Sword. We will be returning to these games repeatedly when talking about lore and history and different aspects. But these are... Go ahead. This is also part of a saga in itself known as pretty much the Four Sword Saga, mm-hmm. which originally started out as a mini bonus adventure in Le- Link's Awakening, I want to say. Yep. And then this and then Four Swords Adventures. So. The reason we're taught, we taught, I wanted to take time and focus on not only the Minish Cap, but skyward sword right off the bat is because they answer a lot of questions for things that we're going to talk about soon it may not seem it but a lot of the history that we're going to talk about with certain characters is answered in these games what I love about the Legend of Zelda series is they take little tiny pieces of details and put them in artwork or character models or you know different little pieces around the world and you have to actually find these things and piece them together yourselves So that's the real reason we started this podcast is because those tiny little details that are easily missed. We're going to give you those answers. So we've talked about a lot of things with Skyward Sword. We've talked a lot of things with Minish Cap. So what's next? The obvious answer would be the next episode is going to be about the Four Swords. But that would be incorrect because we have to start prepping ourselves for the big baddie himself. None other than the baddie daddy himself, Ganondorf. No. (laughs) I mean, technically, you're not wrong. You you can't get to Ganondorf without Demise. (laughs) So the next episode, we're actually going to do a break from following the linear storyline. We're going to jump into Ganondorf or Ganon, depending on what form you're talking about. And we'll get to the differences in that episode. There's a lot to cover with Ganon, and I feel like since we're getting so close to talk, getting ready to talk about Ocarina of Time, it's time to start dropping some big details so when we get there, we can breeze on through it and ans- hopefully answer all those nitty-gritty questions you have about Ganon himself. With that being said, I want to thank everyone at home for listening. I want to thank our patron again. I want to thank Wolf for coming to join me on this episode. And it's always a pleasure. I love to talk some uh, Legend of Zelda. <laughs> it's always great to have you. And uh, Wolf, if if Ariel is not up to the task, which is totally understandable given everything it's because she's going through right now. Oh, they'll see me again. You will be back. <laughs> uh, but with all that being said, uh, again, a huge thank you to our fans. Um we really needed the love and support these last couple weeks um, with dealing with everything that's going on with Ariel. And it's nice to know that when a break is needed or health is in jeopardy, it's okay to take a break. You know, it's good. So thank you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone for being so supportive and loving. And until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you all for listening to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. If you did, tell a friend, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can chat with us all things Legend of Zelda on the Robots Radio Discord. Or you can get hold of us on our Twitter at LOZ Lorecast. Intro and outro are done by Bentonal Landscape. Links are in the show notes below. Till next time, dear listener. 
it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. <laughs>